other we're creating entirely new civilizations in this episode and it's amazing um all right no so okay are you ready yeah podcast listeners welcome to the b mega podcast my name is adam and i am one of two hosts are we hosts yeah let's call ours hosts i'm one of two hosts <laughs> of the fun creative shenanigans here at the mega hq with my good friend luke luke how you doing uh, i am fantastic and um very uh, uh I'm very uh, I'm I'm speechless that you would call me a, a host as well, Adams. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're the host with the toast. I'm the Luke. host with no words. You're the hostess host. What we do on the B Mega podcast is make stuff up. We make stories up. We tell stories. We're writers, and we get together. Uh, once a week ish, uh, a couple times a week now. Sometimes yeah. it comes and goes, but more or less once a week. And we make up a mega story about these heroes and villains that sort of come out of wacky ideas that we have. And we share the fun with uh, podcast listeners like you. And we really appreciate you checking us out and joining in. Then today. We're going to revisit a character that we've already talked about. Luke, do you want to tell them what we're talking about? Yeah, today's, this episode is a little different in that we uh, are not bringing a brand new character uh, to to the table to work on. What we're doing today is actually bringing characters that that I created a long time ago, uh, but they never really got fleshed out. Uh, So Adam and I decided that we should pull these characters because they are important characters in the um, the ongoing mythology that is Megaton City. Uh, we decided to pull them into the Mega HQ and really start to flesh them out. Uh, the characters that we're bringing today are the mayor of Megaton City uh, and her nemesis, who we will reveal uh, a little later on. Uh, but the mayor is the... Uh, kind of the superhero leader of Megaton City and uh, always tries her best to do good for the citizens and for the other heroes. Uh, but that's about as far as we we ever got with her her character development. Where does she start? She was someone who always did, did the best that she could in school. Um, she was maybe a... I don't want to say teacher's pet, but she was she was someone who was constantly uh, turning assignments in early. Um, right. She was um, just very, uh, very efficient in, in her academics. Achievement oriented. Right. Right. Des- destined for great things. Exactly. And I think I think what led her to to this role within Megaton City was that she became uh, involved in debate and speech. I think more debate in high school. Right on. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a, did you, have you ever debated? So beyond, you know, like, like a, I've, I personally have not. I've, I've seen debates back when we were in school and I've heard, I've heard modern debates, which are kind of a completely different animal from what we, from what I remember when I was, when I was younger, but, um, I, I wasn't, were you? No, I didn't either. I never did any of that. So again, we're going to create a character based on experiences that we've never had ourselves. <laughs> Is she? Does she get into debate because it's, it looks good on the resume, or does she get into it because she's really interested in public discourse? Or she has a very definitive view of right and wrong, and she sees debate as an opportunity for herself to to not only express that that perception of the world but also uh to put people in their place when she thinks they're wrong interesting so does she she has a strong moral code or she does does she is she a stickler for justice or does she just believe that is she more compassionate than that? She at What's this her? point, when she's when she's a student and she's involved in in debates, she's very much uh, a stickler for the rules. She she follows. She dots her eyes. She she crosses her t's and you're and expect and expects everyone jail. else to do the same thing. Sorry, what did you say? Right. I said if you're speeding, you should go to jail. <laughs> yes. Yes. She's no. She's a bit of a. She's hard nosed. It's it's very cut and dry for her. Right. Um. So she, uh, since that's her personality, it, it, she she thinks that she, this is this is all admirable, which it is to an extent. But she's also driving the rest of her debate team crazy because right. she takes the lead and doesn't necessarily let them uh, participate in the ways that they should and 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 use the 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 individual skills and specialties that they each have. She's not a team player. She's she's really not. She so she gets involved in this debate team and I think I don't know, what do you think about I couldn't I couldn't decide which way I wanted to go with this. If she if she's on this debate team and they do really well, but it's mainly because of what she's doing or she's on this debate team and they are really just kind of getting slaughtered left and right because she won't let her team work. Yeah, I could see it going either way. I mean, I guess it sort of depends on my my instinct is that they would do really well because her strong moral position and and respect for authority would go over well with the teachers who judge such things. Right. So it seems to me that they would, she would do very well because of that, but maybe then they go to the, some sort of big event, some sort of state or national tournament. And it's judged by a, you know, philosophy professor or something, or like a, someone who's, who wouldn't be swayed by who's, who's a little more open-minded toward, you know, more complex solutions than just right. coming down hard with the justice arm. So does that make sense? Yeah. I yeah. That's just a thought. Yeah. Uh, so can you remind me, help, Mr. Helpman? Mr. Helpman. His philosophy 
was it would it come into play in a situation like that like would he would it make sense if yeah, he was the would. if he was it the would, judge I would believe yeah because he would so yes because Mr. Helpman so Mr. Helpman's philosoph- philosophical outlook when he was initial for the first 30 years of his career was that you shouldn't help other people. Right. So he would have been like her a little bit um, in terms of his, uh, his uh, ideas and thoughts on criminal justice and, and, and just, you know, general systems and the ways that society should work. He would have been like, you should fall in line and do things right. Right. And, and not help people who have a hard time with that. Screw them. But, once he's become Mr. Helpman and he's had his sort of sort of uh, <laughs> spiritual awakening or whatever you want to call it, right? His eyes are open to the brilliance of helping other people and the 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 glory of charitable living. Yeah, so he judges this national competition for the debate, and he's he sees the error in her ways, okay. and that's what destroys their chances. I think. This and he I, delivers scathing review. Yes, yes, I, and so that works perfectly because I wanted I wanted them to end up at a at a debate competition that was in Megaton City. Yeah, he's obviously one of the judges. Yeah. You're going to have judges like him, like Patience Mustard, probably. Um, the intervention. Yeah, the intervention. These are going to be the judges. There'll be some hard nosed ones too, but I think he's going to be one of because he has some seniority, he has some experience right. as a as a philosophy professor. So, well, and maybe he even puts it on. Maybe the deal is that so they've maybe this team is really well is done does really well, and 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 they find out about this. So just the elite debate teams find out about this competition in Megaton City. Yeah which is a special competition that Mr. Helpman puts on to have the, the, the greatest young minds come and debate how we should approach treating crimes and delinquents yes. and problems in society. How should we approach justice and, and, and defending people and helping people? And, and so that's what the whole debate is about. I, that's, that is beautiful. And I think she... She thinks it's a sh- like she thinks it's a sure thing. She's like, right. I'm going to the city where special. I'm going to the city where heroes live. I know right from wrong. This is I know I'm going to win. And then they get there and she's not his favorite competitor. But I think also I think there's someone on the team that uh, somehow sabotages her presentation that like that gets her even more worked up. So she's even more um, like they're trying. They they sabotage it in a way that like they they try to say something, but she she visibly like in front of everybody at the competition pushes this person aside and 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 maybe it's not even a maybe they don't necessarily try to sabotage it. It's just it happens. It just it's this person that tries to speak up. She keeps them from being able to participate. And it ruins their chance. Like that's right. the thing that pushes pushes it over. Maybe it's, what if what if right before what if like one of the because they don't get to participate and so while they're practicing or something, one of the fed up teammates is like, forget this, I'm gonna go just watch the other teams participate. And 
watching it and listening to Mr. Helpman deliver his sort of assessment or whatever. I don't know. Again, somebody who actually does debate should comment and tell us what they actually call this stuff. But yeah, please help us out. Please (laughs) fill in blanks of things that we don't know in the comment section or send us a tweet or an email. But the so when Mr. Helpman delivers like the judge's assessment of, of, of what's happened, this person who's from the team understands that he thinks we should help people like his philosophy. He's Mr. Helpman. He thinks people who, that most people who commit crimes are just people who need some sort of help. And that, that the whole system should be built around trying to help these people and so, but initially this person's like, oh, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to let her do it. And this is and someone right on her team? Before, yeah. Okay. And right before she gives a really lovely speech to the team about how much they mean and how much I know that I don't, it may not seem like it, but I just really want us to win because I care about this. And, and, and then, so like at the last minute, she has a change of heart and it's like, I'm going to tell her, tells her, I really think we need to rethink our whole strategy because he's not into that. He's going to, he's going to think that we are wrong headed. We're taking the wrong side of this in arguing that and debating that, that we should come down hard on criminals of all kinds. And she shuts it down. She's having, having none of it. Right. She goes and they go and, and that person's bitter the whole time. Like, yeah, just, just like sneering, is has like distanced themselves from the yeah, yeah. from her as far as possible. Yes, and it's just yeah, steep, really it, super steep. Like it becomes awkward. Like she there maybe during her her um during her speech or her turn or whatever. Again, help us. But um during her turn, she does end up like asking this person for a fact or a, a right. some sort of little factoid. A fact or a factoid one of those two oh, things because the difference between a fact and a factoid is that a fact is true a real thing that is has concrete evidence right a factoid is just some fun little bit of from the space and it doesn't it may be real and it may not and it doesn't matter it's sort of like tabloid stuff it's like that could have happened but yeah. probably not yeah yeah it's, it's a factoid it's ish um yeah and and that person they just they, it's like they just close their book and and sit quietly don't even acknowledge that that she's asked them anything and then yeah. it's just everything's crumbling apart totally. yes okay oh That's- that that worked really well uh, this this competition is happening at Megaton the city's premier scientific facility it's it's like a it's a facility for uh science and communications and um it's this onion of secrets and there 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 are secret labs there are underground uh uh caverns filled with experiments and and different kinds of research projects and of course they're holding this this competition above all of these things when everything goes south and she this whole competition falls apart she gets lectured from from the from Mr. Helpman she goes off on her own. She's just devastated and she's wandering these, this facility and, and eventually gets lost. I'm kind of heading towards the catalytic event before I get there. Do you feel like there's anything else that we've, I feel like she's pretty like we've already, 
really flesh this this character out is there anything well, else like, that what's you- her what's her background in terms of family like who is her her family around or maybe did you say and i just forgot No, i didn't say i th- i think they are go-getters as well they ha- i think they have i think she was raised by by people who also have the the same um the, the same black and white view of of the world and maybe they're in some form of one of maybe one of them is in some form of politics and right. one of them is in you know leads a is the oversees a branch of FBI or something yeah. <laughs> like what yeah and and are yeah very very harsh in their assessment of of right. the the activities of others mm-hmm. um and she just believes that that just that's how she's been raised and that's how that's how life is and now right. yeah what's is she what is her social status like how just, old is she right now i think this is this is late high school maybe even even college this she might have carried this this debate Let's career call it, i think it would be good if it was like she was like a university level yeah, yeah like yeah so she's she's able, she's been able to carry this this personality through the high school debate ranks and and has kind of left people behind in her shadow uh, as she's she's done these competitions and has kind of made a name for herself. Um, is well known, but is not popular. If you get what right. I mean. So that's what I was gonna. That's what I was getting at. I guess. And then and, and same thing on campus and in the debate circuit. Circuit debate circuit. Yeah. yeah. I hope it is the circuit. I hope that's what they call it in the old debate circuit. They she's not well liked. Right. Yeah. Yeah she keeps to herself she's she's very much a um she's not necessarily a quiet or or introverted person because she handles these these competitions really well but she just tends to spend a lot of her time her downtime on her own either studying or preparing for the next debate competition yeah because of the sort of drive to achieve that's how does she want people to perceive her kind of as a hero within the within the debate circuit like she she feels like this like her her winning is what defines her and that eventually people will understand um what she's been working for this whole time uh, as as you know as she gets trophy after trophy and they keep getting larger and these events keep growing um she she believes that people will eventually kind of come around uh, and see her for the kind of champion that she believes herself to be. So she wants to be acknowledged for right. being were you know good enough or whatever. Like right. she wants to be, but but she has kind of a hyper. <laughs> she needs to be the best. Right. She needs to be seen as the best at debate and probably everything. But yeah, yeah. So she's she's lost in this facility, and there, like yeah. I said, there are um, just dozens and dozens of of research projects and and artifacts that are being kept in this place. She stumbles upon this rare intergalactic piece of equipment. Mm. It looks when she first sees it in the case, it it looks like a giant glowing sword uh, but upon f- closer inspection she she sees that it's a giant key 
and there's a <laughs> I just imagine it as maybe like a uh, just a oh I can't think of it the little label maker labels <laughs> um, <laughs> on the the bottom of the case that says but wait what kind of key is it is it like is it an old it's like old style it, like old skeleton but key. it's not from the world it's the otherworldly Earth? like Get he, it? Could it be? Why would it look like an old Earth key? It's it's it has the the basic shape of a key, and it has teeth. But the teeth are very they're they're they look they look like little tentacles. They they this this key is floating in in some sort of so liquid. So oh, sorry. So it looks otherworldly. Yeah. You said that. It has it has the basic resemblance of a key. But right. she can tell that it's it's like that's just what humans that's the name that humans put on it because they don't know really what to right. call it. When you said it was when you said it was a key and it was otherworldly and all I could think was and it was giant. I was like, what if this is where my head went? <laughs> what if it was a key from another whatever from yeah. another advanced civilization? And they just mimicked our design. Like they like our cars, <laughs> this, this, this race, even though they're more advanced than us, they like our style. So their vehicles are sort of weirdly similar to ours. Yeah. And this key is a giant key fob similar to like the fob that you would have for a like just like a you know so they don't even like the old style keys they like <laughs> they like the 2000 to 2016 style yeah. key fob yeah they want to they want a contemporary they like they've got the keyless entry <laughs> and the keyless start all that stuff they've this civilization has mastered intergalactic travel but yeah. just is a real fan of just a key you can just hold in your hand they were like, that's just a solid design. Yeah, and they're huge, so that's why the key is. <laughs> so they're vehicles. So they just, they and they these these vehicles fly and can travel through dimensions and teleport and all kinds of crazy stuff, but they look like big 2016 Cadillacs. Uh, and <laughs> they still make Cadillacs. The, the spaceships do. Do you remember when we did the character, the Automancer, and we had yeah. like zero car knowledge? Yeah. Let's move away from cars and uh, go back to something you know more about, like debate. But I think this. <laughs> I think I think this key fob device is is something that's wearable. I think it's actually a, a piece of it's a, like a symbiotic suit. I like that. Uh, and. She, this thing is called, it's labeled key to the cosmos and, um, and something happens where she's, she comes into contact with this key, uh, and the symbiotic relationship, it's belonged to other champions in the, in the universe. And when it's attached to them, they take on the responsibility of protecting everyone everyone everywhere or everyone like within the area or everyone on the, on 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 the planet at least maybe a, in the maybe, galaxy right on they become a protector yes and there are other there are other protectors similar they there there are keys spread throughout the universe similar right. keys because let's face it 
these aliens that built these keys, they lose their keys a lot. <laughs> because they're they're they they didn't the build the- they didn't build the keys with this purpose in mind. They built these keys to start their giant Cadillac Cadillac like spaceships. It's so it's the reason that the key is wearable. <laughs> Before they got into Earth car culture, these these beings didn't. There weren't keys for the vehicles. So when they first did get into this about ten years ago, they were constantly losing the keys, just constantly losing them. And so then they had to like come up with a whole system for how to make the key wearable. Yes, yes. And then the power is just because their stuff has all this crazy right. power, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and Sorry, I'm recapping what you said. Oh, no there. problem. Um, the and and these the other civilizations that that use these keys for for um, as as protectors of their galaxies, yeah. they they just do that because they discovered oh these things are powerful. What if the what if this particular key was was in the possession of a protector of uh, one, uh, uh, like so there are these protectors all throughout the galaxy or whatever yeah and they and this was one of them who what came to earth for some reason to maybe came to megaton city because there was some big galactic problem and he knew uh, of the megas of Megaton yes. City and needed to find find the right champion, find the right, right person. And 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 somehow was something happened. Maybe yes. Yes. Maybe his maybe his Cadillac spaceship crashed in Megaton City. Yeah. They recovered this key and have held it the 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 Oh man, the Valor's League of yes. Megaton City, the Valor's League of Heroes, um, who runs this facility? Exactly. Um, keeps all of these things, you know, keeps it as one of the artifacts of power that they control. And yes, yeah. So all of this, all of this backstory for this key. And then flash, flash to Miranda, the distraught university student, right? Like banging, like she just, she's just, just slamming her fist on this thing because she's just so angry at herself. She doesn't even care that the thing is from another planet. Doesn't know what it is. Has no idea. She's just slamming her fists on it, crying, and and all of a sudden the glass cracks and this thing just like glows, just like explodes in light and the glass just like starts to to kind of chip away as that she kind of tumbles into the into the 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 liquid that this thing is being kept in and it tumbles into her and it immediately latches itself onto her does she when this happens does she lose consciousness or does she she loses like, con- does she yeah yeah she as with most um events of this magnitude she she loses consciousness and gains knowledge of this artifact in in moments of where it comes from and probably a lot quicker than than what it took us to explain where this thing came from. 
So she's like given all of it's, this power yeah, and knowledge that this thing. Yeah, happen. like there are there are seven keys to the cosmos, but it calls it whatever whatever alien tongue that they use. But there are seven other keys of the keys of the cosmos. This is this is. Uh, this one now belongs to you. You you've been given power and responsibility, and it must be tempered with compassion and and uh, and reason and and teamwork and all. Like it starts echoing all the things that right. Mr. Helpman had had told her in his lecture and scolding after their she, their debates. Does, maybe she has to swear allegiance or like like has to like swear herself to protecting people and doing as little harm as possible and yes and and using all of her power for good and 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 whenever one of these keys attaches itself to a new protector they take on the name of uh of of a leader within within that like a, a word for leader within that that uh civilization's tongue whatever whatever that being happens to be right and the first thing that it sees is she doesn't she doesn't think president she's not thinking dictator she's not thinking any of all for some reason because of the key to the cosmos she thinks key to the city she thinks mayor and it immediately says you are now the mayor and that's that's what she goes around calling herself so she's the mayor when she has joined with this symbiotic key fob, she develops uh, a psychic ability. Uh, it's it's this psychic enhancement to her um, deliberating and debating skills, and it's it's called diplomatic kinesis. <laughs> All right, I like uh, it. It's she's able to go into a situation and without necessarily going fists a flying, she can start trying to talk her way through a situation. Uh, also, um, kind of working the person down psychically. So, okay. So what is what is it that actually happens? Is that she's able to? So. I think she she uses um, she pulls on their own memories. She kind of pulls things into their into their minds that kind of soften their their ability to respond. Maybe makes she's them, able to she's able to control the narrative in their mind or something. Right, that's sort of. So that's what that's what she's able. That's what she's controlling and mentally. It's not necessarily mind control. It's just it's suggesting images and memories and moments, and it all just kind of convolutes what they would try to use as a response it's a it sort may, of persuasion tool yeah it's a dampener it, it may make them sad it may make them happy it may make them nostalgic it just really depends on what she pulls because i, I think she has to focus on one person she can't Is it oh so so she can't in a crowded area she can't control right she can she can sort of neutralize a target or use it to be to persuade a target to do what she wants or right. to believe her side of a discussion or something. Exactly. Because it would be, she's just not, if she was naturally telepathic, it, it might be right. a little better, but she just doesn't have the telepathic power to manipulate a, a crowd of people. Is there any way that someone can fight this, her, Say it again. Say the word. Diplomatic kinesis. Is there any way that a villain or 
you know, adversary can fight this. I still can't say it. Diplomatic kinesis. Dipl- <laughs> diplomatic kinesis. Ah. <laughs> Is there any way for for someone to fight it? Um, I think maybe if they know she, if they know they're going to face her, they can probably. I don't know if it would be better to clear their mind or to maybe just have their mind racing about all sorts of different things. Um, so that she can't really easily pull any one topic or subject. As, as part of the, the power of the, this alien race, the knowledge of this alien race, that there was a great, uh, history of oratory and, uh, powerful uh, spoken word. Um, so she's able to, she has what's called, I don't know. I can't think of a name for it. I was going to say like the shocking voice or something, or like the, the, the leader's voice, um, something like that, where she, but she basically, she can get, the attention of a room, um, or even a, a pretty large area, um, to listen to what she says because she has such an engaging and loud and, 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 uh, interesting vocal quality and, and delivery of her words. Okay. Okay. I like Does that. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that because using that in conjunction with this psychic ability, she can. Right. So she can use that to affect a, a room full of people. And then she exactly. can zero in on, on someone like someone that she thinks is a, an influencer within that group. Right. Right. It's a, it's a, I mean, this is really more of a stall tactic than it is a, um, I mean, it is, you can, she can get people to help her that way also. So it's a way to buy time while she's trying to neutralize a target, but it's also a way to, uh, get the people around to help her or to, uh, be on her side. The only guarantee is that she, that it, they will, they will pay attention to what she says. Okay. That the, the power is to get the attention. After that, it's still up to her to, okay. um, turn them around or convince them that to help or whatever she needs. So then she relies on her natural abilities as a, a leader and, uh, you know, former debater and <laughs> sounds like this power is almost like a a verbal flashbang like a, a flash grenade yeah um so just like runs into the room and like blah blah blah, blah and everybody whoop, their heads just, snap yeah, around on on initial um on beginning to speak people are forced to pay attention Got and it. that then and that it's a loud booming voice too so she can sort of neutralize an area um that's yeah. cool I think we should also mention that she this this symbiotic suit also gives her uh, super strength and the ability to fly. Nice. Um, especially, I think the flying comes in handy. Well, the strength comes in handy too, but the flying comes in handy because she does eventually beca- she becomes the mayor of this of Megaton City, um, right? And in that city, it's to your benefit to be able to. 
circumnavigate and and get from place to place quicker than what uh, regular traffic would would allow. Absolutely. And because the race of extraterrestrials that she gets her power from, that the suit's power comes from, were obsessed with Earth conveyances, Earth automobiles and such. She also has the ability to pilot or drive any type of transportation, car, bus, airplane. It's just built into the suit. So she automatically has that knowledge as well. That's maybe that's part of the reason they call it the key to the cosmos. It's exactly. Yeah. And maybe that's it. It's that she can drive anything in the known universe. And she is welcome in any government building within the known universe as the mayor. It's just a, it's a, there's a, a cloak of diplomacy or something. Mm -hmm. They don't have to like it. Ape she wears. They don't have to like it that she can get, that she can come in, but she can, she can at least visit and where it goes from there. It's anybody's guess. Because the key to the cosmos fills her with this need to lead the people around her and to protect them and to make a happy and meaningful society or whatever. Her weakness is she is compelled to help every person, cat stuck in a tree. She's just... And... It's too much. Like, like she's literally trying to save the city all the time. Financially, yeah, physically. All she does. Yeah. So she's pretty exhausted. Yeah. I. What if also there are just a handful of these other keys throughout the universe that other people have, have assumed possession of? She still has trouble with teamwork with that group of people she she this the bravado that she uh, presented when she was in the debate competition is still there and it really only manifests when she's around one of these other key holders that those that part of why she's able to be so helpful and selfless with the people she leads is that she sees herself as above them and that, but when she's with another person who holds one of these keys, then she's exactly the same petty, selfish, um, refuses to participate. And like an allies from Megaton or allies from earth see it. They're like, man, the, like they don't, they, they hate it when the other key holders come to earth because the mayor ends up acting like a jerk <laughs> shows, shows off to all of her, all of her allies. I was going back to this, this guy that kind of sabotaged her because mm-hmm. we know we set out from the beginning of the episode. This was also going to be about Lord Doomgiver, right? And I think Lord Doomgiver could also almost have his own episode, but For I sure. think, I think at at its core, I think this kid who sabotaged her debate competition takes a similar journey. Uh, mm-hmm. He he's 
upset because he just really wanted he wanted to win. He wanted this this competition to be a success, uh, but mainly because he 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 just he never. I don't think he really uh, had much success to begin with. Uh, right. And when he sabotages this thing and he sees him, he sees how he's manipulated her life and t- made her do other. Like he, she's he's just seen this journey that she's she goes on as far as making her upset and and then getting her in trouble with this judge. He doesn't necessarily see what happens afterwards, but he finds out later on. Right. But I think he. He takes a similar journey, except he's proud of himself for having having done some sort of um, had an effect on somebody. He he really takes pleasure in the fact that he's given someone else some gloom and some doom and and mm. some sadness. And he didn't know that that was that was a part of himself. Uh, right. And as he's kind of enjoying this, he he just kind of um, after the competition, he's going around this uh, this research facility, maybe like making fun of other people, trying to do other things to make other people um, feel something negative. Right. Maybe there were two keys, but from neighboring planet, the other planet, their key. I don't know. It was different somehow. <laughs> maybe the civilization they they do they have maybe that's it. They have their they have this kind of yin and yang concept of of balance, and they have this key to the cosmos, which is more of a heroic and um, it's more for protectors and and right. centuries. And then maybe they have like the key to the basement or the key to the set. Like they, like <laughs> they have, maybe it's um, like this other dimension uh, where they, they put all of their, um, their prisoners or their rejects or their, Ooh. their, um, their evil, uh, whatever their, their criminals from their, their world or even from other, just all over the universe. Right. And he gets access to, to this dark. key, the key to the dark. He gets access to this key and 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 then realize like he's even more he flourishes in this his his ability to to have negative effects on people by by unlocking these this this other realm. Right. And so he so he's on this power trip of, hey, I can make people feel miserable and that's better than any success I've ever had or or could have. And, and then discovers the key. Yes, yes. And and I think this other realm, he he's he finds some other kind of symbiotic suit or just some sort of technology that augments him in, in some way. But his his whole his whole ambition is not to rule the universe or rule the planet. He he just wants to participate in politics to to make bad decisions to make poor decisions to make people um to make people suffer he just wants to incrementally make life worse and worse yes through the system i like that a lot so maybe instead of a suit his is like uh an augmentation to him his person that gives oh, him you know what i mean that it's uh like, I don't know, some kind of, because 
It's well in the drawings, the 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 drawings that we have of Lord Doomgiver. One, he has a, a sad face emblem on his chest where his cape meets, but then he also has uh, he has like a metal lower jaw, and maybe there's there's some sort of cybernetic augmentation that yes. that um, that gives him a heightened ability to to sway people in negative ways he's kind of he's almost like the opposite of the intervention it's just right or sort of the opposite of the mayor he becomes a career politician uh, with just uh, he's he's terrible at at campaigning but he doesn't mind because he makes people miserable he puts billboards up he has he develops he has funding from all sorts of other supervillains and they they get a kick out of the the things that he does in Megaton City and they fund his various efforts to thwart the local government Miranda Bouclier was the academic daughter of a strict prosecuting attorney and a stoic federal agent. She believed that right was right, wrong was wrong, and criminals were the scum of the earth. Her stern worldview fueled a sometimes contentious college career that saw her competing in a debate tournament at the Megaton City Center for Philosophical and Scientific Rumination, where she was set to lead a team of fellow debate champions to victory. The topic for the competition? How are heroes, vigilantes, and villains so different? In the midst of a pep talk before the competition, Miranda quickly dismissed a suggestion by teammate Thorne Sidley, and when it came time for him to present an important fact during the debate, he instead presented a handwritten sign that read, I'm quitting because she's a jerk. As Miranda tried to strong-arm him into helping, the rest of the team walked away while the audience booed at the lone team captain. Miranda's dream crumbled as the head judge, local hero Mr. Helpman, chided her for not properly leading what was an otherwise excellent team. Devastated, Miranda wandered the research facility quickly becoming lost in its eerie subterranean research area and discovering what appeared to be an aquarium for large and exotic sea life. In fact, it was a tank containing one of the universe's seven keys to the cosmos, an artifact designed by an advanced alien civilization with an affinity for earthly vehicles. The key-like relic's symbiotic nature was activated when Miranda angrily cracked the tank with a fist. It burst out of the container and engulfed her in otherworldly technology, flooding her mind with knowledge that echoed the very lecture she had received from Mr. Helpman. Justice could be served through compassion and empathy just as easily as it could be served with a fist to the face. Miranda settled in Megaton City, fighting side by side with other heroes as she used her impressive diplomatic kinesis and leader shout abilities to wear down enemies. She eventually became the top political presence in the City of Heroes, ushering in a new era of interplanetary relations and trade deals, despite attempts from Lord Doomgiver to undermine her efforts. This was only fitting since the name she had been given by her symbiotic suit was the very title she bore at the City Hall. Miranda would always be known as the Mayor. 
Adam, today's character is is the mayor of Megaton City. Yeah, it was uh, when we first were looking at Megaton City from the perspective of the news media of this town, covering this town where uh, the citizens mostly are have superpowers uh, one direction or another, either positive or evil. Positive or evil? Happy or negative? Wait, what? Good or bad? Good or evil? You know what I'm saying. But that that there was sort of this loose satire of government at large through these character, this character of the mayor, right. sort of existing to try to keep the peace amongst these all these superpowered citizens and the citizens that the regular folk that live amongst them. Yes. Yes, and and we really want to dive into this character because she deserves to have uh, a fl- more fleshed out uh, backstory. You're absolutely right, Luke. I know of a few other characters in desperate need of fleshing out, but my one-dimensional personality prevents me from expounding such complex concepts. Thank you, Mega Listeners, for listening to another creativity-crammed episode of the B-Mega Podcast. If you love the show, support it by visiting patreon.com forward slash B-Mega. You can also show your support by leaving a review on iTunes, where stars are like donuts. Five are always way better than one. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Megaton City and visit megatoncitynews.com for more shenanigans. Do your civic duty, listeners. Be kind to one another. Vote a donut into public office. And remember, be mega! The sound effects heard in the B-Mega podcast are used under a Creative Commons Zero public domain license. The characters and stories on this podcast are the property of Megaton City Creations, copyright 2016.